Welcome back to Flavor Report. My name is Joe Winger, and today's conversation is with French winemaker Fabien Revol from Domaine de Bra. We're going to talk about what makes a very drinkable wine, the famous Languedoc French wine region, the challenges of French wine harvest, and Fabien is going to give us some really delicious food pairing advice to pair food with his wines. It is delicious. So without further ado, let's join our conversation with Fabien from Domaine de Bra. glad we got a chance to connect. I guess I saw you last at Vin Expo America a few weeks ago, but uh, I, I tasted your wines for the first time, I want to say in uh, late September at the City Winery Languedoc tasting. And you spoke very eloquently there, so I'm glad you're giving us a chance again today to connect. Um, we always like to start with get to know you type questions. And it's a three-parter, so you don't have to answer all three but I'm going to give you all three and you can decide which one you'd like to answer, which two. So many people relate wine to celebration. Can you share a favorite memory that included celebrating with wine? Definitely. It's probably when I was 12 years old and it was the first time my parents uh, made me taste uh, a very expensive uh, uh, Burgundy wine and uh, it was for my uh, birthday. I was in a three-star Michelin restaurant. It's called the Pic. Uh, it's a very old family now. The, the, the daughter, she's, the, she's also a three-star chef. And uh, it was with my grandparents. And uh, it was an amazing celebration. And that was the first time. And I still remember that moment. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just have a curiosity. You mentioned the wine a little bit. Um, is that your, that's your, obviously that wasn't your first French wine, but what about the bottle made it so memorable or was it the occasion itself? It was a Gevray Chambertin. Uh, so I still remember that. Um, uh, probably that the occasion was, uh, uh, you know, all the context was cre created me or allowed me to remember perfectly that, that wine. I see. Uh, and, and most probably I, uh, I am uh, uh, highlighting or enhancing the, the memories of that wine because of the context. Your website, uh, it, I'm going to say what, word for word what it says, but we want to talk about the meaning behind it. French expatriate friends, wine enthusiasts wanted to embark on an entrepreneurial adventure that resembles them. For Guillaume Moffi, do I pronouncing that correctly? And Moffray. Moffray. And Fabien Revol, wine is synonymous with sharing and discovery. So with that in mind, tell me a bit about your friendship, your partnership, and I'm going to say the adventure that is Bra Winery. How do the two of you meet? And how do you work well, together in this winery? Uh, Guillaume and I, we met when the, I was living in Asia, in uh, Hong Kong, uh, in uh, twenty. 20 years ago, uh, we were, uh, 
we happened to live in the same building in a dodgy uh, area of Hong Kong called the Yao Mate. Mm -hmm. And um, we were uh, fond of uh, uh, finishing the week by uh, sharing a, a glass of red wine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we became friends and uh, we started a, a small business at that time. And uh, eventually life made us... Uh, uh living uh, apart but uh, guillaume uh, is the godfather of my daughter mm -hmm. and uh, when i decided to embark uh, in uh, in this crazy project of uh, uh, purchasing a vineyard i called him and say well guillaume you remember when we were sharing that glass of wine we'll say one day we'll have a vineyard uh, let's do it and this is how he he, he shared the, the entrepreneurial project and uh, we decided to, um, uh, how do we say? We were not having enough funds, enough uh, money to purchase a bro, because uh, you need 70% uh, upfront cash in France when you want to purchase uh, an agricultural business. And so it's a lot of amounts. And uh, therefore, we had to uh, uh, initiate uh, uh, a fundraising. Um, and uh, Guillaume, uh, uh, on his side, myself on my side, we organized uh, events uh, with friends and friends of friends. And uh, that way we, we raised sufficient money to, to, to close the, the fundraising. I would say that by itself, just the journey of fundraising with someone is, it, it's either a make or break. It either bonds you closer yeah. or you, you don't talk to each other ever again. But I guess apparently it worked out. So that's wonderful. Um, before I segue further into the region, you mentioned your background a bit about hospitality and kit and, and working in kitchens. And I just don't want to skip over that because I feel like that's such an important part of the story. So can you tell a little bit about that kitchen experience and the kind of places you've worked in and what you mm -hmm. learned from it? Uh, well, I started with the, with the family uh, business where they had like bistro, brasserie, so very traditional French uh, style restaurant. Then they also had like Caribbean restaurants. Uh, and uh, uh, I worked in uh, gastronomic uh, style restaurants to make some money on the summer. I worked, uh, when I was 18 years old, I worked in a diner in New Jersey as a busboy. So I made my first dollars over there. I was not selling wine. It was more Coke and Sprite, but not <laughs> wine. Uh, and then uh, I started my career working in China, where I was managing uh, uh, restaurants for the industrial area, industrial companies, manufacturing for schools. Uh, so there I was uh, uh, working with people doing Chinese food. Um, and uh, ultimately, I moved to uh, Middle East, where I was uh, preparing food for the airplane, uh, for Qatar Airways, for instance. Uh, preparing food for the construction company or the oil platform. And it was interesting because I had to, to my team, huh? basically, I was not the cook at that time, but my team uh, and I, we had to prepare food for people from India, people from Asia, people from, from Middle East. And uh, it was fantastic because uh, um, it opened a lot the view you have on the perception of arome, aromas. And, and that really helped me uh, when I moved to wine in, 
broad in opening my uh, my views on the, how someone from a different culture with a different food background with a different habits can perceive uh, aromas hmm. uh, it's fascinating uh, maybe a joke maybe not i hear france i hear the middle east i hear asia and then i hear new jersey <laughs> how did new jersey become part of the story um uh by chance i high school i had uh you know we have sometimes exchange between uh, uh countries yeah and uh, my high school was organizing an exchange with uh, uh, a small a small town in new jersey okay and uh and it happens that uh, the the guy i was partnering with his family was in the food business. Ah. So when I went there and when he came to France, we were spending a lot of time with our parents in their, restu- in their restaurants. And then he said, okay, do you want to work a uh, summer in the US? I said, of course I want. And uh, so I, I spent uh, several months working there and it was fantastic. That's beautiful. That's, that's wonderful. I just... In Bridgewater. The, the, the city is called Bridge, Bridgewater. I've heard of Bridgewater. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm glad you had a good time. Let's switch over to the south of France and the, the wine region that you're planted in. Can you tell us things about the region and then how that how the uh, terroir of the region affects the aromas and the taste, the taste profile of your wines? Well, we, we are um, in the southwest part of France um, and uh, we are nearby a city called Carcassonne. Carcassonne, it's a medieval city. It's where the, the movie with Kevin Costner, uh, Robin Wood, it's oh. 20 years ago, has been shot. Um, and uh, Carcassonne is uh, uh, 80 kilometers from the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, it's in, in a corridor between Atlantic and Mediterranean Sea. Um, we we do have on the left part the Pyrenees mountain and on the right part a black mountain, and therefore it's a very interesting area because we we are exactly at the border of two climates, one Mediterranean climate and one Atlantic climate. So we have two influences. Uh, we have a lot of wind. It's hot, cold, windy. And we have the freshness of these two mountains. Um, so this allows us uh, to, uh, to grow a lot of varieties, varietals uh, of uh, 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 the different varietals. We, we do have like Mediterranean varietals, like Syrah, like Grenache. Uh, we do have Atlantic varietals, like Merlot, like Cabernet Sauvignon, like Cabernet Franc. And on top of that, we have some uh, more esoteric uh, varietals like uh, Fer Servadou or uh, Caladoc. These are uh, varietals that you find uh, only in, in these areas. Um, so the terroir here is more on uh, calcareous um, and schist. Um, we we are in what we call the Languedoc, 
part of southwest of France. Usually, Languedoc is known for having uh, uh, an important sunny influence on the on the wines. But uh, Bro, uh, we are located on the northwest part of Languedoc, and because we are really close to this black mountain, it gives us a lot of freshness. Uh, so we are doing wines that are very fresh, low in alcohol, uh, and uh, we are located precisely on an appellation, it's AOP, uh, called Cabardès. Cabardès is one of the smallest appellations in France. It's only 28 winemakers, women and men, because we do have uh, several women. Uh, and uh, the, the scope, uh, the requirements for this appellation is the only is unique in France because it, it requires you when you want to make a Cabardès wine, it requires you to have 50% of the grapes that comes from the Mediterranean area and 50% from the Atlantic area. Mm -hmm. So basically you must have like, let's say a Syrah and Cabernet Sauvignon blends together to have a Cabardès. So an, uh, another particularity of the area is that many winemakers like me we, we like to have the AOP approach, which is a bit more traditional and uh, is uh, asking you a lot of um, requirements, technical requirements. And at the same time, we have the freedom to do a lot of different types of wines, not under the AOP label, but all in, as a Vin de France. And uh, here with Vin de France, this is where I do like natural wines, where I do single varietal or this kind of wine. So you have freedom to choose whether you want to do a more varietal or more blend, entirely your choice. And it sounds like some things you stay more traditional and some you have a little more fun with. Is that a... Exactly. Okay. It's exactly that. And uh, this double approach is actually more and more developed by the, the young winemakers because uh, uh, Originally, majority of the people were doing the, the more traditional AOP approach. Uh, but now we have seen that uh, um, as consumers, they, 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 they have different moments of consumption. And uh, mm -hmm. you may want maybe to start uh, aperitivo with a very light and, and very easy to drink wine, which will be a single varietal. And maybe uh, the dinner goes on and uh, we, at the certain times you want a more full body wine, more complex. And this is where you will choose an AOP, for instance. Beautiful. And uh, believe it or not, in your explanation, my next question is about process, but you've, you've answered a bit of that right there already. So thank you. We were talking about flavors a minute ago or, and can we pick out two, three, four of your wines and just talk about the, the taste profile and how they were created, how they produced? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, know, we can, uh, I like to start with uh, an original one. It's uh, a cuvee, which we called number one, Regain. Okay. Number one, Regain, it's 100% Pinot Noir, and uh, it's vinified in a natural way. So there is zero identified, uh, there is no finding. It's uh, uh, 
uh, indigenous yeast. And uh, the particularity with that, because you don't have any sulfite, you have a risk during vinification uh, of oxidization. And because the wine is not protected. So to minimize that risk, you bottle it very early. Mm. Again, we harvest end of August and end of December, we bottle it. Because of that, you won't do very long vinification process or uh, aging. And therefore, your wine here, we will have some very crispy, very fruity wine. Uh, we used to say in French, glue, glue. <laughs> glue, glue wine, you know, it's uh, easy to drink. Glue, 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 glue. So <laughs> it's a kind of glue, glue wine. Okay. Um, and uh, I like this cuvee because of the freshness. And also it's low in alcohol, only 12.5 degree alcohol. So it's very easy. Then um, we do have the, the mother of uh, Regain, which it's 100% uh, uh, Pinot Noir uh, in a range we call Terre de Bro. And that one uh, has a minimum of uh, one year of aging in concrete tank. So the, the grapes come from the same plots, uh, same harvest by hand. However, that one uh, will take time to age. Will, uh, the aromas will be much more complex. The um, alcoholic perception will be stronger also. Uh, it will be more on the cherry on the black, uh, yeah, on the black cherry aspect, um, and uh, the length is much stronger. So it's interesting usually to compare these two cuvées because uh, you can see that the vinification process gives you something totally different. Uh, then we may uh, we may talk about uh, a funny uh, a cuvée called the Caladoc. So it's a hundred percent Caladoc. It's a, a, a single a single uh, varietal. Caladoc. It's a cross varietal uh, between Malbec and Grenache Noir. Okay. And uh, it's usually used in the blends, in some uh, Côte du Rhône blends, Vaqueras. Many they use a bit of Caladoc. But very rarely you will see Caladoc red alone. Uh, you can see Caladoc as a, a rosé, but not alone. Uh, here we have the chance to have a very fruity, like a, a black currant uh, flavor. Mm. And uh, we vinify it also uh, on a concrete tank, with concrete tank, uh, to keep the freshness. I don't want to. Uh, to blur the, the aromas with wood. Uh, so it remains very dark fruity uh, with uh, a little bit of tannin, but not too much. And uh, again, low in alcohol, 12.5. Uh, and the Caladoc cuvee mm -hmm. is usually the one that uh, uh, strikes everybody around the table, even the people who are not big wine drinkers. And maybe to finish, Mm -hmm. uh, I have a particular uh, crush on 
QV called the meditation. Uh, meditation, basically. Uh, I call it that way because it's one of the favorite, it's my wife's uh, favorite uh, uh, QV. And uh, my wife, uh, she's a yoga teacher and uh, traditional me Chinese medicine doctor. So ah. she's into that. <laughs> and, um, and meditation is a, a very delicate, elegant, light red wine, um, a blend of Syrah which brings you the, the fruitiness with uh, the pepper mm -hmm. and fer servadou. So fer servadou, it's one of these esoteric uh, varietal that gives you a metallic uh, feeling and a bit of rustiness. Uh, and uh, the, the, the blends of two, it's amazing because uh, it creates a third flavor, which is more on the uh, uh, pink grape juice Hmm. Uh, aspect. I see. Voila. For several of those wines, you mentioned the low alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, what influenced your choice on that, or why did you choose to uh, go in that direction? Um, um, what, what, I've, uh, what I see when I'm, what I see and what I like is that people are more and more uh, inclined to test different things when they drink wines or when they drink. In, usually, you like to have a beer, maybe to start, and you want to have a glass of white wine, maybe you want to have a glass of red, and maybe a stronger red. Uh, to allow that, uh, if you have too much alcohol, uh, it will uh, really change the perception and, and won't allow you to appreciate um, also uh, I, it's, it's something that is demanded from the market uh, many of my clients uh, distributors, importers they are asking me for lowering alcohol uh, and um, it's also part of the DNA of our wines because we, we are really doing very fresh wines and when I do fresh, uh, when I say fresh and easy to drink uh, it's also, I want something, you drink one glass and you are able to say, I can drink the bottle. But you have, you have some wines, it's so hard. It's like 14, 15, 15.5 degree alcohol. You drink one glass, you, you know you won't finish the bottle. Um, but to reach that, you also need to, um, to harvest early you need to harvest at night time. Okay. You need to you need to play a lot with the leaves of the vines. Okay. Because um, uh, you have to decide whether you keep the leaves or whether you remove it ah. at a certain times in order to protect them from too much sun. I see. Um, there are different of a lot of actions that will influence your capacity to reduce your level of alcohol. From the harvests, I, I'm sticking with that way you just said, from the harvests I've taken a part in, choosing when to take, when to start and, and whether you're going too early or not, it seems to always be a major concern during harvest. And it sounds like because you're choosing to pick early, that might even be more stressful. So is that 
have you gotten so used to it? You know, when like, I, I, the last year I was part of a harvest and the challenge is always, are we picking too early so that there's not enough yield? And is because you're choosing to do that, is that a constant concern or because you're so used to it, you've learned what your, what your vines are going to look like. And therefore it's not that big of a stress for you. Um, for sure. It's a big stress. Okay. And uh, when I look at uh, some of my fellow uh, winemakers who have uh, 50 years of experience, it remains a big stress. So I wish one day it won't, <laughs> but uh, the thing is uh, every year it's different. Every year the weather is different. And the vines are uh, behaving differently. Um, for instance, uh, the past summer, uh, 22 was uh, I think it was the same in the US but uh, in Europe it was very dry and very sunny um, so that has uh, developed something interesting because uh, at a certain time the, the vines uh, protected themselves mm. and decided to stop uh, bringing the, the juice, the resource to the, to the grape they wanted to basically to protect the, the grains inside mm. the grape because the grains are their uh, 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 up, 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 up. it's it's their seeds and okay. this is how they can protect and continue their uh, longevity and uh, etc so natural protection makes okay you protect the seeds Therefore, the skin of the grape was not thick because they didn't put energy on the, on the skin. Uh, so this year, 2022, the, the, the color was very light mm -hmm. because the color comes from the skin. The acidity also, the balance between acidity and alcohol was very complex because uh, we didn't get a lot of juice and we didn't get very thick uh, skin. Um, so obviously we had to, to adapt and, and that was very specific of this year compared mm. to last year, for instance. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like there's the whole, I'm, I'm sure there's books just on that topic alone, frankly. I mean, I, I'll, <laughs> what, what, what I was amazed by from my harvest experience is exactly what we're talking about, which is, how much thought and conversation goes into when to pick day or night, all these things. And it is extremely, extremely stressful. And what, what, so my next question is about food and wine and food pairing. Uh -huh. The challenge is out of the bottles you just talked about, they're all so different. And so what I was going to say was what, what are some great food pairings with your bot with your wine? But I feel like if you name five bottles, there might be five different great pairings out there. And Absolutely. so, and so that's, I guess that that's the challenges. So it's not even just in general, but if, if you were going to have, and I, I, let's interpret this however you want to, because it's not as simple as what's, what's some two or three great pairings, because again, for each bottle, wow. there's two or three. Now, uh, okay. Usually in, in general, what, uh, um, 
I, as I told you, I, I lived in uh, in different countries in uh, in Asia and Middle East, and uh, mm. and therefore um, I like the the spice. I, and uh, um, a tannic wine will go well uh, along with spices. So uh, if I take a Syrah, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, for instance, uh, I have a friend who has uh, several uh, Asian restaurants in France, and my best sales in, their, in his restaurants are the Syrah. Because Syrah can sustain the spice, and it is a bit spicy itself with the, the, the peppery aromas. So uh, every time there is uh, something uh, with a bit of spice, I will go easy with Syrah because I know it's a safe choice. Uh, then after, I like I, I told you about the Regain uh, Pinot Noir Natural Vinification uh, wine. Uh, as it is very crispy, very light, and the Pinot Noir doesn't have tannin, so it's the opposite of Syrah. Uh, that that wine, I like it fresh, so chilled, out from the fridge, a bit chilled, with uh, uh, it's uh, you you will help to translate because. Okay. Uh, it's it's something that you find inside the sea or the ocean. Okay. Um, it's like uh, with a lot of peak. It's round. Round. And they are. It's black usually, and okay. you have a lot of uh, 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 agree, a lot of stick like that. Okay. You oh can... gosh. Okay. Not octopus. Not eel. Not I'm trying to a seafood type item. It's a seafood type item, okay. and uh, and I, I'll get it. I'm half sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's, okay. uh, it's called oursin, and oh my shame! Uh, it's true that uh, in in ta 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 sea urchin. Oh, sea urchin. There you go. Okay. Alors, if you take sea urchin with a regain, this kind of light pinot noir, a bit crispy. Okay. It's a super match because the, the the saltiness of the urchin along with the very soft um, 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 the, 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 the component is very soft. Both goes very well. Uh, and then meditation. Uh, um, Cuvée Meditation, which is very light also, although very Syrah, it's very light, but I like I like this with uh, Ville. Ah. Ville is a, a very uh, very gentle meat. And uh, usually you, you, you do not cook Ville with uh, very spicy things or very heavy things. It's, you know, and uh, it's, it's good to uh, match it with a very light and delicate wine. It will enhance the the delicacy of the of the meat. I love that. I going back to something we said a few minutes about the glug glug drinkability. Right. I happen to just be somebody who I, I almost always pair wine and food. 
I rarely drink wine just by itself, but I recognize, you know, I think in, in France, it's much more, it's not always about the food. It's often just wine by itself, right? Uh, yes and no, because um, the trend now is, uh, is uh, to, to have more and more uh, like tapas or aperitivos or a lot of small things. And uh, it's not anymore a dinner. Enfin, it becomes your dinner, but you, it's not a formal dinner. And uh, therefore, um, we like to have wines that you can drink easily and uh, uh, um, I can see that uh, there is more and more wine bars and, and uh, therefore not necessarily uh, matching, uh, matching with food. Got it, got it. So, so as we wrap up, we're finishing up. Um, you've given us 30 minutes of your time. Thank you. And uh, people have been listening to this and, and reading it and, and watching. And so obviously they're excited. They want to taste your wine. Tell us how to learn more about your winery. Tell us where we can go to buy your bottles and browse your bottles and learn more about the bottles themselves. Where can we find you? Oh, um, so Bro Winery, um, it's the oldest organic winery in France, huh. certified winery in France. Um, we are uh, exporting in 14 countries, um, Asia, Europe, and now we are starting in the US. Um, we've been uh, distributed in New York uh, at Astor Wine uh, on Lafayette Street. And as we speak, uh, I'm uh, developing the distribution in different states and uh, expanding the distribution in New York. So it's, we are just at, we are at the early stage of distribution in the US. And uh, uh, the last time we met, I was in New York for that in order mm -hmm. to meet uh, real partners, uh, uh, the, the right partners, because that's uh, like what you're doing. Um, our business is, uh, or our partners, I may say, carry a story. And uh, I need to, uh, everywhere we are successful is when we have uh, a woman or a man who, who understood and is passionate as us, as passionate as us on explaining the story and, and why we are doing that and uh, what we try, what is our DNA, or what is our wine DNA. Before we go, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you'd like to add to the conversation? Um, just one small word on... Uh, how the social network like Instagram have uh, changed the relationship people have uh, with wine and winery and winemaker. And uh, we are quite active on Instagram. We have a bro wine uh, account and uh, it's amazing to see how it has created connection and proximity and a fantastic way for us to explain the, uh, all the aspect of our business. Uh, and what we are doing and uh, and it's really interesting and it's, I think it has helped a lot of new wine drinkers to enter that a new generation to to have a different perception it's the same with uh, Google uh, it's something funny but uh, as we are close to a very touristic place um, a lot of people use Google to recommend them when they want to visit the vineyards and we are very well ranked on Google. 
mm-hmm. uh, with more than hundreds of uh, comments from people from around the, around the world. And that brings so many tourists from all the nations to our tiny, tiny vineyard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tiny place. And without Google, you would never have people from China, from the US, from South Africa. I mean, it's funny. That's beautiful. All right, one more time. Thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed talking with you more. And uh, I, I'm, I can't wait to taste your wines again. So thank you, Joey. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And that is the end of our show. I want to thank my guests today. Thank you for the conversation. I want to thank our producers and our editors. Thank you for a great job today. And last but not least, I want to thank you, our listeners and our watchers. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. See you next time.